Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. Hello everyone. This is Sue Barber. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. I am thrilled today to have my guest Linda Barutha here join me. I'm going to go and read her bio really quickly for you and then we'll get into some great conversation. Linda Barutha is an online visibility strategist with 25 plus years in corporate IT and 20 years of entrepreneur experience. She's also the host of the Be True to You podcast and the co-author of a book titled Invisible No More: Stepping into the Spotlight. She helps health and wellness professionals out with her SEO first framework for online marketing. Her team multiplies your messaging in order to simplify your life. When she isn't helping her clients in leading her team, she can be found sipping some iced tea and watching her favorite baseball team. Welcome to the show, Linda. Thank you so much for having me, Susan. Yeah. Okay, so now I have to ask, who's your favorite baseball team? Uh, Milwaukee Brewers. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to guess that, but I didn't want to assume. <laughs> you never know. You're a rival. So, of uh, course, yeah, right? I, yeah, of course. Actually, uh, we're kind of Atlanta Braves fans because we lived in Atlanta for nine years. So, yeah. we kind of, you know, we also obviously like the Cubs too. So, yeah, totally cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Linda and I actually met uh, a couple months ago and I was on her podcast and we found out that we live not far from each other. We have a lot of things in common. So I'm excited to share this conversation with the listeners and really just help them understand kind of the importance of visibility online. Yeah. So you and I both had long corporate careers in IT. What made you decide to leave corporate? Well, you know, I left corporate the first time back in 1995, and that was to be a stay-at-home mom. So that was the first time I left corporate, which was the scariest thing ever, simply because I never saw myself doing that. I was one of those kids in, as a teenager, I wanted to be Mary Tyler Moore, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's a visual right there. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. I just, that was, that was my role model to be like Mary Tyler Moore, you know, that independent corporate working executive. And um, so when I actually left uh, a bank that I worked for for 15 years, that was huge, huge, huge. And we had just built a house and my daughters were like, four and six at the time. So, um, yeah, so that was the first time. And then, then when I got back into it <clears throat> many years later and started working again, I left very intentionally to uh, be an entrepreneur and to have the, the change of lifestyle, you know, the freedom that comes with it. And really the excitement and creativity of uh, being your own boss. You know, I love that. I'm highly creative and I don't like having other people's boundaries, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, there's tons of boundaries in corporate. 
Was the transition difficult for you in any way, you know, leaving all of the processes, procedures, teams, you know, that was my biggest challenge, I think, for me. You know what? Um, I was really fortunate that my 15 years of working at the bank, I moved up the ladder. You know, I started out as like a a word processor, okay? So um, I just kept learning on the job. And every like couple of years, I kept moving up the ladder to finally becoming a PC consultant, having my own territory I was responsible for, right? And what was good about that experience is that I really knew the internal processes very well. And so when I would go um, many years later and work for other companies, if they were really small, the common sense and the practicality of knowing the processes that you should have in place would all kick in. And then again, I'd be that take charge person that would implement all of that, right? So it was super easy for me and natural to then be an entrepreneur. Yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. I always think of it as you walk into an organization, I always say like I put on these rose colored glasses and I can see all the gaps and all the opportunities and the things that could be improved that they just can't see because they're in it. So I love that. I think that makes total sense. Yeah. And unfortunately, the bank that I worked for, oh my gosh, they were, and especially now I can say it in hindsight, very well organized, very good with their processes, very like, it was just really well thought out. And just even from watching my husband, who is in IT uh, in a different capacity, of course, but the different companies he's been at, we see all those huge gaps. We see all of that. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) How come they can't see that? (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. So how did you decide what you were going to do as an entrepreneur? There, There was no immediate decision. All I knew is that I was going to work online. I was going to be remote. I was going to be able to um, do my do what I'm good at, right? And uh, it has really evolved drastically in the past five years, in particular, to the point of me building a team, which I started a couple of years ago, and uh, I've really been honing in uh, on serving clients with what I know we can do for them that they need. Um, And really it's filling a gap where that I see in the industry. So can you talk about that? Because my listeners may not be familiar with like what an online visibility strategist does. And I know you do a lot of things with SEO and a lot of things that they may not be familiar with. So I would love if you would explain some of that so they could understand the importance of it. Sure. Yeah. So um, what we do, we're basically a marketing agency, okay? And the when you decide that you want a business online, what happens is you need to figure out how are people going to find me? Like, it's not a matter of build the website and they're just going to show up. You know what I mean? It doesn't work that way. And so you, it's a matter of understanding how people find you. And one of the biggest go-tos and biggest mistakes that the majority of people make 
is because they spend a lot of time on either Instagram or Facebook, they think, oh, I just have to show up there. I just have to go on there and then they're going to know what I do and they're going to buy from me. And it's like, no. <laughs> the, the average lifespan, if you will, of uh, a Facebook post is like four hours. And that goes to the graveyard. So you need to have a more solid strategy. And that's why I decided to focus on SEO, which is search engine optimization. And what that does is basically allows you to use the internet the way it was originally designed. Like when it comes to finding something, right? You go to do a a Google search, you put in keywords. So it's the same thing. So it's a matter of matching those keywords on your to where you want them to find you, your website. But now there are a couple other search engine platforms that have been uh, become very, very important. One is Pinterest and the other one is YouTube. YouTube is also owned by Google and it's the second largest search engine. Google being number one, of course. And then uh, gone are the Bing days. Do you remember that? (laughs) Yes, I do. I do remember Bing. Yeah. Showing our age. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then Pinterest is the third largest, which most people don't realize that. Yeah, I didn't know know that. Yeah, yeah. And it's a great way to um, expand your reach to people online, right? And, and that's what you want to do when you talk about online visibility. You just, you want to get your info in front of as many people as possible. And mm-hmm. so I find it easier to do that organically using search engines as opposed to social media. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it seems when you say it, it sounds so simple, right? And I think well, we overcomplicate it. <laughs> yeah, we do because um, it sounds really technical and it's intimidating, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but the search engines, you know, remember, I'm talking about all organic traffic, mm-hmm. not paid. And what a lot of people do is they go, oh, well, I need to buy some Facebook ba- ads and then things will take off. And it's like, oh my gosh, no, no, no. Yeah, and those are a lot more money now than they used to be too. Yeah, it's a lot more money and there's no guarantee, no guarantee at all. And uh, like on my Pinterest account personally, um, just in the past two years that I started using it, and keep in mind, my Keywords weren't all solidified when I first started, right? Because I've, I've grown and I've changed over those two years mm-hmm. to become where I'm at now. But just in that two years time, organically, my reach is 1.4 million right now. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. I know. So I, I want, I'll keep doing it and it doesn't cost me money. Yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> If you're going yeah. to get that big of a reach, it makes total sense. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So if you, you know, have a new client who is an individual, does it depend on what it is they're selling or what they want to sell? Or 
maybe the services or products that they have as to which platform you would direct them to? Or do you always say, no matter what you're doing, Pinterest is probably a good option for you? I would say 99% of the time, Pinterest is going to be a good option. Uh, I, my, my marketing agency, we focus on providing services to service providers. And I just started a new program that is specific to um, publishers and book authors because they all come from Mm. different walks of life. And maybe, you know, writing a book is not, you know, it's awesome, right? But they're not going to know how to promote it online. And we have an entire program that's just built to do that. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have known if I hadn't been mm-hmm. a part of my book community that, you know, that's what we talk about is spending a lot of time on how are you going to market your book? Because I think everybody thinks I've launched my book. Magic is going to, just like you talked about, magic is going to happen and everyone's going to go buy it. But if they don't know about it, how are they going to buy it, right? How are they going to find it? Well, and it, it's funny because about, mm, about maybe five years ago now, I... <clears throat> One of, the fir- one of the first steps I took into having uh, an online business was, oh, I just need to create uh, an online course. That's all I need to do. So, and then I'm going to, money's going to be in the <laughs> bank, right? So I am a real type A overachiever. So I dived in and I followed everything, you know, perfectly. I literally got all eight modules like video recorded and edited and everything in one week's time, like I really worked on it, right? Because I knew my topic inside and out already. And um, so I did that. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, you have to launch this now. And it was like, to who? Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and at the time I had an email list of about 400 or something like that. Um, And so then I had to go to, I was really, by the way, I was very discouraged. I was really mad because I thought this is the only thing I have to do. Oh, I was so wrong. Um, Because you don't think about the next steps, the marketing piece. Nobody wants to hear about the marketing piece. They want the shiny Mm -hmm. object, right? But the reality of working online, especially, you've got to figure out how to market. So I had to take this huge step back, create a lead magnet, which was a, a ebook, right? Get that up on Amazon to try to drive traffic, then do a launch. I did, um, you know, drastically in probably one week's time, grew, doubled my email list by doing that. And, but again, all along the way, and I kept thinking, what a disappointment, right? And I think about that with author, you know, like you're an author, I'm an author. It's like, it, luckily I had that experience years ago. So I already know what to expect, mm-hmm. right? So now if I ever am going to do something, launch something new, it's like, I know that the promo is where it's at. Like, you've got to get that. You got to get that done. Yeah, they tell us to have like a six-month runway. I definitely did not have that because I didn't get the book done early enough. But I am watching other authors in my book group do that now. And I can see 
what an important part that is, you know, in the process yeah. of publishing, especially if you're self-publishing. Uh, it's definitely right. super important. So speaking of mm-hmm. books, I know that you are a co-author of a book and it's called Invisible No More, Stepping Into the Spotlight. How did you get involved in that? How did you really think about your portion of that contribution to that book? Yeah, that was, uh, it was really fun, first of all. And I never thought I would co-author a book. So that was exciting. What had happened is uh, it was, the publisher was referred to me by another person that I was um, basically just networking with. You know, we were uh, having a coffee chat virtually and um, she was telling me about all these books that she authored and co-authored, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how did you do that, right? And so she introduced me to her publisher and met with her publisher and she told me about the book and the premise for it that basically you can, whatever it means to you to be invisible no more, right? And that was kind of cool. So it ended up being 17 different authors. Uh, We each wrote a chapter and everybody put their own spin on it based on their personal life experience, which I loved. And when I originally um, talked to the publisher about doing the book, my portion of it, um, I had a totally different idea of what, but then when I Months later, when I sat down one day and got the bug to just start writing, something totally different came out. And it was great. That story has served me well as far as just me personally, and um, because it actually is a recollection of something that happened to me when I was 10. And it was a, a, a good thing, not a bad thing. <laughs> I have to make mm-hmm. sure to preface yeah. that. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, it reminded me of who I am and to feel good about that, to feel okay about that. So it was a really great, great experience. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very cathartic for you just as an author, but sharing that story with other people, I'm sure they can also resonate with that of maybe something that happened to them as children as well. Right. Um, I love yeah. that. And I know that you're kind of working on a new book, so I don't know if you're willing to share anything about yeah. that or what it's for, who it's a, who it's for, or what it's about. Yeah, um, no, I'm happy to share. So um, that's another project that is evolving as we speak. It is basically mm. going to be called The Limitless CEO, and it's going to be a guide for today's entrepreneur. And it really is uh, a combination of leadership, uh, mindfulness, um, you know, for today's generation and what it takes to succeed as uh, a CEO, right? Um, Because if you own your own online business, you are a CEO and you better be wearing that hat accordingly and you proudly, right? Mm -hmm. But we also want to leave, you know, we want to build something that we've given thought to. We want to inspire others. We want to be filling our own cup before we can 
help others as well. So, uh, yeah, so I don't have a release date yet, but uh, it is a project that's slowly moving, <laughs> but with summer, yeah, harder you know. Well, it definitely will benefit yeah. people. I mean, for me, that was a transition that I didn't understand was happening for me. Like, I... I think I wanted to become a coach. And so in order to do that, you have to have a business, right? And I wasn't thinking of it as I'm a CEO of my business. And that was a big mindset shift for me. And I know that there's lots of things I'm sure you could share in that book that I would benefit from. (laughs) That even though I have all these years of corporate experience, it's different, right? When you're the decision maker and you're the person who has to make sure that everything is in line and aligned with where you want to go. And you're not wasting your time on stuff that's not helpful. Well, exactly. So you, it's really about uh, embracing the leadership aspect of it. And that's what people don't really get or think about when they take on the, oh, I'm just going to have an online business. Right, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? It's bigger than that, yeah. Yeah, it's way bigger than that if you really want to succeed. And you need to be uh, aware of that you are putting yourself into this position of leadership, whether you are getting contractors to do certain things for you or you're building a team, it doesn't matter. Um, You still are a leader, Mm -hmm. right? And there's things that, like there's leaders in corporate, right? And even they, sometimes, they lose their, their way. They... They aren't feeling fulfilled. And so parts of the book are even going to speak to those people because what what has really helped me in my journey has been spending uh, the first couple hours of every day on my mindset Mm -hmm. and my inner peace with who I am because that way I'm able to give throughout the day, right? And by doing that giving, I also receive mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, I mean, you can only go mm-hmm. as deep with your clients as you've gone yourself. So, and, uh, and I think a good yeah. morning routine is crucial. I definitely um, yeah. feel a whole lot different when yeah. I am doing that regularly, for sure. Yeah, okay. yeah. And I've been doing that now for over a year, and it has changed me. It has changed me. Oh, my gosh. Um so it's it's a good thing. Such a good testimonial for morning routines <laughs> of how, <laughs> how impactful it can be for you. I totally agree. So Linda, now I want to go into the rise and shine visibility questions that I take all my guests through, and I would love to get your input on these. So the first one is fill in the blank. Visibility is? Different for everyone. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, because I think everyone's perception is a little bit different. Like, uh, I remember my my younger daughter. Um, she was very more, much more introverted, right, than my oldest, and they're two years apart. And when they were in grade school, and her older sister was graduating, moving on out of the school. Um, she looked quite invisible, my younger one. (laughs) Um, it's kind of like she lost her voice, right? 
because her sister yeah. could just speak for her. And right. uh, I really think, though, it was a perception thing because she physically was there. But honestly, I felt like the teachers were so conditioned to think of her as a fly on the wall, right? Mm. And it kind of bothered me. Like, um, I, I literally had to go in to the principal's office with the teacher. And then she was in seventh grade at the time. And I had to have this conversation with them and say, she's not invisible, you know. And she has feelings. She's and right here. <laughs> you need to recognize and communicate with her and not forget about, I feel like she's being forgotten, you know. Um, so the fact that I had to like go in there and point that out. Um, so it's, it's everyone's perception, right? That's, that's Mm -hmm. why it's different for everyone. Did my daughter feel invisible at the time? I think she wanted to be invisible. (laughs) A seventh, seventh grader, you betcha. Yeah. Easier, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But deep down inside, did she want to be invisible? No. 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 Mm -hmm. And so amazing that you did that for her kind of, you know, as set an example of, you know, advocating for your daughter, but how to advocate for herself in the future. You know, that's one of the things I talk about a lot in the book is how important that is to do it for yourself. And obviously it's nice if other people are doing it on your behalf, but if you're not doing it for yourself, you don't know what they're saying. You know, it may be right, may not be right. Right, right. And you know, that was something that I always, always stressed to both my daughters. Like, you know, be your own person. Speak mm-hmm. up for yourself. Be your own person. Don't, don't let it just all eat you up inside. You know, mm-hmm. you can tactfully say things. And it's interesting because now my youngest is 30. And uh, she uh is in charge she's like an office manager and she is a very take charge people go to her for the decision making right but she's still very probably introverted right she comes yeah. across that way but she she will speak up you know like yeah trust me she will speak up and <laughs> and but i had numerous occasions where i had to she once had uh, a nightmare of a babysitting episode where she was babysitting these children that those children overran her. She oh. was so upset. And I mean, I had to go and be her advocate again. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's crazy. It's like a, le- a lesson you have to keep learning right over and over again, how to do that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So the next question is, do you have advice or a tip that you could share with the listeners on what you have done to be visible? Hmm. What I have realized is that all I have to do is be myself and, you know, not worry about what people think. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Do you always want to, oh, wait till I lose more weight or wait till my hair grows out or, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Trying to be perfect. right? Right. But the reality is, no, just show up and be yourself. I have discovered Mm -hmm. that I am happiest when I'm just being myself and um, people do recognize it. Mm -hmm. I think that's totally true. I've definitely felt that for myself as well. 
So what is the one piece of leadership or career advice that you received that helped you the most? Mm. I have to think about that. Not (laughs) often that people give me advice. (laughs) (laughs) This may be back in your corporate days. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, you know, it's really funny. That reminds me. So when this might fit in, I don't know. Let's see if it answers the question. Um, Back in the day, because I did not have a college degree, right? Which for most of my adult life, I let that shadow me, like Mm -hmm. prevent me from uh, the self-confidence, right? Yeah. Just because I thought others would think less of me. Mm -hmm. I don't feel that way anymore, but I did for the majority of my life. And um, I remember going in, talking to my manager at the bank and saying, because I was this technical person that like oversaw and met with all the vendors on all the equipment purchases and, you know, basically approving that, making sure everything was right. Right. So I wanted to be a PC consultant though. And this manager Mm -hmm. who did look, if you had a degree or not, she said, well, you will never, ever, ever be a PC Mm -hmm. consultant. And I just remember sitting there sobbing, right? I felt so terrible. And I thought, and then part of me wanted to get really mad, right? And I just, I kind of like decided I don't believe her. But nonetheless, I walked away very sad, kind of defeated. And it wasn't no more than like two months went by. And she got riffed out and lost her job. And (laughs) I was safe. And (laughs) the best part, though, was that the new manager, he met with me and said, oh, yeah, absolutely. As soon as the next opening comes up. And they did. They promoted me. (laughs) Wow. Isn't that crazy? So what does that tell you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, (laughs) yeah, it's definitely changing, too. I think, you know, over the last, I don't know, a few years, right, it's college degrees, where once, like, you didn't get in the door without it. And now that's starting to shift a bit. You know, bigger companies are starting to say, you know what, your experience is good. Maybe we need to look at that differently. So I think it will open the door for a lot of people who don't have degrees and take into account their experience and help them grow. I mean, in some ways, it's probably good, right? It helps you allow them to get new experiences under a new world that they've never experienced before. Yeah, I would love that. (laughs) All right, last question. What books have you read recently that you love and would recommend to the listeners? You know, I just bought a new one that came yesterday and started reading it this morning. And I think it's called Quiet Calm. And it is really good. It really just talks about the practice, just practicing five minutes a day, uh, what they call being mindful. So that could be just Mm -hmm. meditating or, you know, whatever, but that quietness and only five minutes a day, how you're retraining your brain muscles. Doing that for only five minutes every single day over the course of time, you're going to see huge improvements in in less stress. Yes. I just wrote a blog about this yesterday. So Linda and I did not talk about this, obviously, but uh, oh my goodness, yeah, really? I just wrote a blog about it because in the book I talk about a very stressful, high, 
high anxiety ridden uh, implementation that we were doing at work and how I literally would get up every morning at five. I would sit in the dark before I picked up my phone and just be quiet for five minutes. And it just changed everything. And the reason I thought, hmm, why this is working is because that's the only thing I changed. And I would sit in meetings and all of a sudden creative ideas were showing up. And I thought, well, I've been thinking about that problem for weeks. All of a sudden, now I have this idea and that's the only thing I've changed. So I started doing it and it definitely lowered my stress, lowered my anxiety, but it brought out more creativity. And that was an unexpected benefit (laughs) that I didn't, you know, think about. Yeah, it's a neuro-linguistic thing that's Mm -hmm. actually happening to your brain when you do that. So it's, uh, so I was intrigued. I saw somebody online say, oh, I just got this book and it's really, really good. And I thought, okay, yeah, I'll try well, I'm going to check it out. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Linda. Is there a place that you want people to reach out to you if they're interested in working with you or just having a conversation with yeah. you? Yeah, absolutely. And I thrive on relationships. So definitely don't hesitate to reach out and we can have a chat. You can just go to my website, which is my name, lindabarutha.com. Easy, easy to remember. Well, I'll put the links in the show notes and everything uh, as well. And I'll put the information for the book that Linda shared in case you want to get it for yourself, because I'm definitely going to pick it up. Thank you so much for being here, Linda, and thank you so much for all the listeners joining, and we will catch you on the next Visibility Factor podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor Podcast.